One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Happy Foot, Sad Foot, your LAFC gateway drug and the only LAFC podcast who asks other hosts to interview their guests. I'm Darren Miller. And I'm Vince LaRosa. Welcome to our preview of LAFC's MLS match against Real Salt Lake on Saturday, March 2nd. They'll be playing at 11 a.m. at America First Field in Salt Lake City, Utah. You can watch it on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV Plus if you're awake by then. And of course, we'll be live streaming our post-game call-in show 10 minutes after the final whistle at youtube.com slash at happyfootsadfoot. Later in the show, TV host, union advocate, and MLS fan Adam Conover, who is much more famous and much more popular than Darren and I, but stick around for us anyways, sits down with <laughs> Professional Soccer Referee Association President Peter Manikowski to discuss the current Also more famous lockout. than us and more popular than us. <laughs> True. Wow. <laughs> but of course, we'll have our storylines for the week, and we'll also make some bets. But first, we've tried to be all business before and dive right into brass tacks so we could hit the ground running with actionable analysis, but our audience really pressure-tested that strategy with heavy pushback, so we went ahead and took that offline so we could get more of a 30,000-foot view of the situation, and then pivot so we could go to market with a new approach and engage with each other, and take care of the low-hanging fruit first and really earn the buy-in we're looking for from our audience before we deep-dive into the weeds for nothing but churn. We don't need to reinvent the wheel here, but it is time we level set and touch base for listener-mandated banter. Vince, help me. I'm having a stroke. Do you think this worked better when we didn't talk as much during the week? Like, when you and Travis first decided to do banter, <laughs> did you purposely go out of the way to be like, don't talk to me so we actually have something to talk about? We, uh, this is our friendship. Uh, we we had never get a chance you to don't hang talk. out. So it, it naturally was that. <laughs> Hmm. This is our. Uh, uh, this is how we're able to be in touch. <laughs> okay. Is that sad or cool? <laughs> I don't no, know. I mean, I think that's just the state of male friendships circa 2024 in the United States. So it maybe you're just a microcosm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys can't. You, you know, I'm going you get back together. Into a, corporate jargon. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't know what else is going on. I had a job interview, which is always nice. But then you know what? I had a very good job interview, Darren. And but you mm-hmm. know what's going to happen. In two weeks, it's going to be just me sending countless emails of me of like semi true, like, hey, I had such a great time chatting with you. Like, and then just getting ghosted. <laughs> just wanted to check this in. Is the, 
this is the modern state of job searching in America is, is that you, you talk with somebody and, and either they're very good actors or you did actually have a good interview, but then they never talk to you again because for some kind of HR reason, they're just not allowed to. As I do these emails, they get slightly more desperate. And while I'm doing them, I feel slightly <laughs> grosser about myself because I'm like, yeah. hey man, I just, you said that one thing where like you love sports and I love sports. Uh, I just <laughs> like to talk more about that. And that uh, please connection. get back to me. I know this is the fourth time I've written to you. Should I be giving up? And they're like, well, if I haven't written to you in the other three times, you should. But I just, I'm not, the, I, I just, I You know what happens the- too is once you get far enough, if it's between you and like one other person and the other person gets it, they're not going to contact you because they're not like, then it's like, oh, we got to negotiate with this person. And like, then it's like, are they a fit in terms of the, like salary and all that? Like anything could fall through. So they can't tell you no yet. Well, really because part of the negotiation should be forcing that other person to, they're like, okay, so you got the job. We've agreed on salary. First task, you're going to have to call Vince and let him know. <laughs> Tell Vince he didn't the get job the job. Because you got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Is that better or worse than like when, when people get hired and like have to lay people off? That's rough too. I don't know. I don't know. That would be an interesting. That's pretty funny to be like, okay, that would be an we, interesting we haven't practice. gotten back to anyone else. You got the job. Now tell everyone else you got the yeah. job. <laughs> there's there's an inbox with 250 emails. You got to figure out how to clean that bad boy out and keep us in good face. So good luck. We've you been holding you all other candidates hostage in this room. <laughs> Take care of them. Okay. I like that. I, th- I think we solved it. We've solved job searching we in solved 2024. Guys, we we can do consulting for anyone. Yeah, uh, I think I've more than proven myself. I know all of the corporate stuff. I know how to do companies. <laughs> I know lots intro. of jargon. We, we, we heard. I know all of the, those terms. I know what they mean. So, I mean, one plus one equals three, folks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sometimes I just don't have the show. bandwidth, Darren. <laughs> I know. I know what you mean. <laughs> it's true. All right. Well, podcast. As a casual LAFC fan, I love the team and I'll watch all the matches, but keeping up with every detail can sometimes feel like a full-time job, and I already have one of those, and many children to take care of. I'm just incredibly busy living a very full and successful adult life with very important responsibilities. I don't have time to dig into all the roster changes, rumors, matchups, stats, and tactics behind the gameplay on the pitch. All I see is ball get kicked, ball go in net, Frenchman flip. Luckily... My friends, Travis, the human LAFC crazy wall, and Vince, Travis's LAFC dealer and tenured LAFC professor, are full-on LAFC addicts. So every week, I choose to exploit my own personal Walter White and Jesse Pinkman for the benefit of others and send them off to their RV in the desert to sit through all the game tape, stats, pressers, rumors, and tweets, and then come back and explain what's really going on beneath the surface of each week's match so we can all enjoy it so much more in a segment we call Storylines. We really missed a chance to do like a 2024 remix, right? We should have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We were busy doing, you know, merchandise and other cool stuff that we can continue to tease, but not show or tell you about yet. Darren, easily the most important question for LAFC ahead of this 2024 season was, will they get any secondary scoring? Last season, MLS Golden Boot winner Dennis Bwonga scored 37% of LAFC's goals in the regular season. I don't think I need to tell you that, Darren, that's not generally good. 37% from one guy is is maybe just a little too much. 
The running joke was that it was Denny or nothing, which in all honesty didn't turn out that bad because Boanga scored so many goals that he did carry LAFC to, back to the MLS Cup. So not, I mean, if you're a rival team saying that joke, the joke's kind of on you. We can say it. It's like, it's one of those like, we can say it, you can't say it. It's not. It's kind of a not, Kobe situation. Yeah. Maybe, maybe <laughs> somebody in Columbus, but they're not that funny. But it would be full. <laughs> it would be they're foolish very to count. nice people. They're very they're, nice. They're very, they're very nice. Kind. They're very nice. But jokes aside, it would be foolish to count on him to do that again this year. There there has to be some kind of regression. So far this season, though, Bawanga has scored exactly 0% of LAFC's goals. It may be a small sample size, but so far, 0% of the goals, LAFC, perfect, baby. So even with this small sample size, Darren, do you think that LAFC can keep it up? Are we going to get that secondary scoring? Is Bawanga maybe just going to be... A, a guy, a, one of many. What do you, how do you feel after watching that first game? I think we can. I think it's a, a have our cake and eat it too situation. Like he, he's firing all cylinders. He's he's taking a three thousand shots a game still. So some of those are going to start to fall, and it looks like other guys are stepping up also, which is great. And so I think it'll be lower than thirty seven percent. Was it thirty seven percent? So I don't know. It's it's looking good. I, ultimately, you know, we we advocated really hard last season that we knew we could tell that he had an addiction to goals and he really needed some help. And we said after the season, he should get some help. And I think he did. And now we're starting to have to handle the, the fact that that happened. And so now he's, you know, he's, he's clean now. So right. I don't know what's going to happen with him and goals. Uh, that's a tough up and down relationship. It might be a lifelong struggle. Part of me hopes it is. We'll see. I mean, he really does still love him some shooting. I mean, he loves I'm trying to think. He wants like, it. Th- he does want it. You can tell. It's a, it's a real struggle. Yeah. I think Tillman had two shots, one goal. I want to say Bogush maybe <laughs> had two shots. He might have only, the only shot he t- took might have been that banger. But I'm pretty I, sure that Bowanga had seven that, shots way, in that game. That Bogush, is that a perfect goal? Is that like yeah, the gold I mean, standard for a goal? That's like. That, that's because, so. When you play basketball, right? Like you want to swish, right? Because that's like the hardest yeah, thing to do. You don't want to touch any. But in soccer, there's so much net that that wouldn't be. So instead, you want to right. like put it as tightly into the corner as humanly possible. And I back think he did. Corner. Yeah. I mean, and it's like sort of in the corner of the box with like a. It was both like perfect and basic at the same time. Like it's it's your standard. It's the perfect standard goal, right? Right. Like from tor- sort of the corner of the box, perfect curl, just kind of like got the one touch and then wound up and shot. It, it's, it's like goal in the dictionary goal. Yeah. It was because it happened so fast too. Right. So it wasn't like you were like, Oh, goal's coming right now. It was literally like Steph Curry walking up and just pulling up a three <laughs> from like 10 feet behind the three point line. Like not even anywhere close to the three point yeah. line. Like literally still maybe on like a, a foot on like the logo at the center circle and just straight nailing it like it That's was one Bogus, of those. And yeah he, just he needs to like, start he needs to start working on like walking away before he knows the ball goes in so it's going right. in, you know what i mean do he yeah, needs to start doing the steph curry just turn around and walk away because he knows it's going in because it literally was one of those like well what are you going to do like he, if you hit it like that <laughs> yeah. it's like what are you going to do what are you going to do like no one could defend yeah. it the goalie was like, I'm going to dive, but I'm not getting there. It was one of those. That, I mean, that is a very fun juxtaposition to Boanga just like, yeah. <laughs> just machine gunning everywhere. Yeah, versus just he looks up, shoot. Oh, I'm near the goal, yeah. shoot. 
Balls, balls on my foot. I'm shooting. So yeah, I, I mean, I would love for both of those things to continue to happen. Okay. All right. Well, we are playing RSL this weekend, as we've pointed out. LAFC owns RSL, Darren. They have 14 wins, have lost just three times in regular season play against RSL. No, no draws, by the way, which is very weird. So 14 wins LAFC, hmm. three wins for RSL, is no draws. But Chicho Rongo scored in a 1-0 game last season at what used to be named Bank of California Stadium in October, just to remind us how much we all missed him. This season, Chicho was named the captain of RSL, which means he got to take his picture with Messi ahead of the first MLS match of the season as they did the coin toss, which must have been a nice, pleasant thing Yeah, that sounds nice. I'm sure Uh, I like that. Although his team did not look great against Miami, he did score a goal in their draw away to St. Louis, who topped the conference in the regular season last year. They have played one more game than us, so they should be, I don't know, maybe just a little bit more in rhythm, possibly, or maybe Mm. more tired. I I guess we'll see. But my question to you, Darren, is how much do you, having seen what Chicho did last time against LAFC, despite LAFC's dominance against RSL, how much do you fear the wrath of Chicho in this match? You kind of have to a little bit. Like, that was the last... that I do remember, like I can picture that goal and it was like, mm-hmm. even I remember that match was like, we, we kind of had control of the whole match. Dominated. He was just still dangerous no matter what you do. Like he could still score any, at any moment, not in a way that's just like, Oh my God, he's about to score the whole match. You can, you can tell it's going to happen any minute. It's just like, he could just come out of nowhere and score somehow. Mm-hmm. Cause he finds ways to do it. So yeah, I'm a little afraid, but it, it's not the kind of thing where I'll be like shocked if he doesn't score. But mm-hmm. yeah, maybe we should have a regular a regular segment on the show that's that's called "How is Chicho doing?" Does he ask about me? I'm sure people. I was gonna. <laughs> that was gonna be my one of my other questions. I didn't actually have it because you know what? Let's Nick's. So the other question I actually did have for you was: Is he RSL's only hope? And I think we can answer that as a definitive yes. Yeah, you don't know a, yes. a single Darren name one other player on RSL. Moose is gone, right? Yeah, he was on the team <sighs> that we played the past weekend. That's right. That we never mentioned that. Yeah. So instead of that, I don't, I don't There's think there's nothing. I don't know. Moose did get sub subbed in for Seattle. Didn't do much instead of shaming you for not knowing an RSL player. Cause I think that that's fair. Sure. That's a fair assessment of a King of the casuals. Oh, wait, I'm MLS missing fan. unless their star player was shipped off too. Who am I thinking of? Oh, you're trying uh, to, this is cheating. You're trying to get me to name it for you. Who am no. I? That's, that's good. <laughs> Darren, name one player. Oh, that, that one guy. guy. Wait, who am I thinking of? <laughs> who is he? Oh my goodness. Yeah, is he still on the team? I don't know who you're talking about because Chicho's their star. Or Chicho really is their star. Now they do have a young oh, kid that's coming it? up through Just, the ranks. He likes to wear low socks. Got lo- loves himself some tattoos. He's he's he. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. this is we're thinking is of the same person. Diego Luna. He did Diego score. Luna. Yes. Yeah. Good player. Yes. Still, you know, still we were both trying it. to figure out who it was. We both forgot and couldn't think of it. Sure. And then I think we like really worked together there and figured it out together. So yeah. You're welcome. Well, in lieu of that, because that, like I said, not a fair question. I, I will go back to my <laughs> original question. That, question. <laughs> I'll go back to my original question that I was going to ask you that I nixed. Is Chicho the player that um, that LAFC fans miss the most? Like all time. Oh. Like has, has he eclipsed Dio? I felt like it was Dio for the longest time. Uh, there's also Rossi, I think. I don't hear people talk it's about It's harder to miss like, him because he's like, not that close by. Sure. Although now he is. Yeah, that I I feel like that stock just went up, right? Like, yeah. Although now he kind of kind of backstabbed us, if you if you will, not on purpose, but yeah, maybe it's Chicho. 
it, it's tough when you lose when you lose a guy, and then that be that is a missing piece that is like mm-hmm. something that everyone points to as the reason why you're losing for a really long right. time, and then that guy's like right there filling that same gap for another team. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's been another player like that. Like other players go away, and it's kind of like right. outside out of mind, and we fill the sure, gap yeah, somehow. D- Dio wasn't exactly like lighting it up on the other teams you go, but he was to your to your point about being like kind of like the missing piece. I think that's why he became very near and dear to people's hearts. Walker, I think for a while and sure. he's more, you know, as a defensive player, maybe people don't think of them that much, but yeah, I think, I think Chicho has definitely eclipsed them as the yeah. most missed player. It's a good one. All right, Darren, yeah. our last storyline is this, and we alluded to it a little bit earlier, early matches, Darren last week, LAFC kicked off just before 2 PM local time. This week kickoff is 11 AM local time, which doesn't give people much time for pregame festivities. Darren, that's true. You're a white man that went to college on the East Coast in the 2000s. Oh, boy. So I'm sure you've gotten <laughs> after it before noon on an occasion or two. And I know you have kids now, so the uh-huh. idea of an al- alcoholic beverage first thing in the morning sounds nice, but for a totally different reason than when uh-huh. you knew how to party. So if uh-huh. you can, please channel your inner college bro and share some tips with the people on how to properly enjoy a mid-morning bender. Okay, no problem. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> well, this is no was, this, was this on your mind? Was this front of this front of mind for you? Well, if you want to go full college, then we're getting into beer. But I think, okay. I think you know, the adult thing to do is to you know a mimosa, a bloody mary, things like that. Okay. I think could be appropriate. We're talking about a brunch match, right? Yeah. So this is something that. I sort of had to become accustomed to when we, I first moved from New York to LA with football, American football. Well, and it, it happens with overseas soccer mm-hmm. too, right? You're like, yeah. you know, uh, we, we've had our fair share of trips to bars early in the morning for breakfast and soccer. I think it's like, yeah, it's like world cup vibes. Right. But yeah, well, I, I, I can't say I was a stranger to that. In fact, my wife played rugby in college and they had early games and, uh, uh, group of us would go to games and we would be drunk watching Rug- rugby in the rugby morning. Players, rugby players know how to drink. Yeah. We would, we would have a great time going and, and drinking and watching. And then mm-hmm. they would, they would out drink us after the game. Oh, Eat absolutely. Berry. We would, we would kind of just be like, okay, you guys can have your drink now. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> rugby players like, do well, not mess around. What are all these cakes for? They're like, well, we each need one. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what's the, what's the move? Do you, do you rush? Do you, do you try to get like as much volume in, in a short period of time? And then do you maintain throughout the match? Cause you don't want to, oh, you don't want to be no, the guy that, that sleeps through it. Yes. You don't want to sleep through it and you don't want to end up with such a bad, you don't want to be hung over and awake once the game is over and then you can't have the rest of your day. Right. It, it needs right. to be, you know, light casual drinking. We're not trying, we're not trying to, we're not trying to get drunk here. Okay. We're in our thirties now, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) We're in our late thirties. Okay. There's a difference between having a drink and getting drunk. Anyway, you can have a, you can have a, you can have an alcoholic companion if you must. Okay. You know, there, there is the advice from Darren who has, as we've now come to know, has front of mind how to do this the right way. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But keep in mind, make sure that you're uh, drink responsibly and uh, drink responsibly. And if you are going out there, to Utah, remember, 
altitude and booze, you get drunk yes. faster. So and also drinking is illegal careful. there. You can't drink yeah. at all. So <laughs> yeah, if you're seen with a beer, you'll be shot on sight. <laughs> yeah. And it feels like well, probably like whisked away and the whole just kind of swept under the rug and no one will know that happened. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they just kidnap you, put a bag over your head and drop you off at the state mm-hmm. line. You'll become snow. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you're left out in the left out in the mountains. <laughs> yes. We'll all ski on you. Anyway, when we come back, our friend Adam Conover interviews PSRA president Peter Manikowski. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. It's Travis Helwig, your old friend. I'm still here. I'm still around. I wanted to just come and introduce the second segment of the show by first saying I will be back next week for all of your LAFC needs. I miss you all so much. As most of you know who listen, I'm currently at home where I grew up in Connecticut, helping my family out after the death of my father. And I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who has reached out from our community of listeners. It has meant the world to me. I genuinely cannot wait to get back to hanging out with you all and seeing you all at BMO. But I, it moved me quite a bit to hear from so many of you, especially because we only know each other you know, through the digital earphone YouTube sort of space. And I, I can't wait to get out of this Airbnb <laughs> and come see you again. But I also wanted to say thank you to Darren and Vince for holding down the fort and doing double duty and doing a lot of work while I've been gone. I'll be back next week in next week's preview episode and post-game episode. And then forever and ever until someone else dies and I have to leave again. All that said, our second segment is one of the cooler segments we've ever had on the show. It's something very important to me. If it's not important to you as a listener, I don't like you. I think it should be important to you. As most of you know, I I was part of uh, the writer's strike last year. It was a um, really uh, important thing that happened in my life and and something that I care passionately about. And right now, the refs for Major League Soccer, uh, the union, uh, the Professional Soccer Referee Association uh, is being locked out by their employer, Pro Referee, um, a group of people that we all don't have any fondness for. And I wanted to fully understand why, because I, I don't really know how a lot of this stuff works. And I think most of the people listening don't understand that either. And so I asked my good friend, Adam Conover, who's a listener to this show and someone who I used to work for and who also happens to be a very vocal union advocate who worked really hard for the Writers Guild last year to sit down with the president of 
the Professional Soccer Referee Association, President Peter Manikowski, to uh, explain exactly why fans should care about this work stoppage and what they can do to help and what the refs are fighting for and why it's super fucked up uh, that all these games are being refereed by people who have never refereed Major League Soccer before. (laughs) Um, So I just wanted to introduce the segment, tell you where I've been, excited to be back, but without further ado, here's Adam Conover and Peter Manikowski. Peter, thanks so much for being here. I'm Adam. Nice to meet you. Likewise. Thanks for having me. For those listening who don't know me, I'm a I'm a comedian. I was also I'm also a member of the board of the Writers Guild of America, and I was on our negotiating committee for our last round of negotiations. So it's always really exciting for me to meet someone else who's you know deep in the union work, especially in a high profile way. I was hoping you could start by telling us, you know, where things are at with the uh, negotiations and what are the biggest issues that your members are facing? Yeah, happy to happy to do that. So back on uh, 15th and 16th of February, our members voted on a tentative agreement that we had negotiated with, with PRO. And the members rejected that tentative agreement to 95.8% voting no. And a couple of days later, on the February 18th, the company locked our folks out. And what is a lockout? For those who sure. don't know. Well, a lockout is is the opposite of a strike, which is mm-hmm. where the employer is not letting us go to work. And that, you know, when you think about in, in union and, and management relations, there's a couple of different ways things can go. A strike being, you know, one economic weapon that the employees have, the workers have, whereas a lockout and other tools that the employer might have. And the employer has exercised that economic weapon on us to you know, put economic pressure on the workers and presumably to pressure them into taking a, a worse agreement. Yeah, because they seem to feel, oh, we have all the leverage so we can just hire scab refs to uh, do your job. We don't really need you and therefore you should take a bad deal. Is that their strategy? You would have to ask them, but uh, <laughs> that's, how we're per- that's how we're perceiving it. Yes. Tell me just as a baseline, what have referees and MLS been facing? Why? I mean, 95% of the referees rejecting the deal offered by the company means they must feel very strongly about it. What are the issues facing them? Sure. And, you know, there, there are several, but I want to hit on a couple of the main ones over here. The first one being wages that aren't keeping up with the league's growth. Mm. That's probably the biggest one, right? So MLS has had some really good and excellent and exciting growth over the past five years that our last contract was in place, even before that. And it's exciting. Don't get me wrong. This is fantastic for for everyone in the league, this type of growth. Our people are not keeping up in their wages. Our people are not keeping up with their benefits. And our members are really falling behind on the time commitment relative to their wages. And we, we can't see that happen. We we're trying to bargain for a deal that, that helps on those things. How much, got, are, how much are referees making right now or under the previous deal? So, yeah, so we have four, four classifications of, of referees, right? We have our center referees who are operating in the field of play in the center and the person you might see the most of. These folks make between probably about 95000 on the base, plus about 1300 per match that they referee. And, you know, that's that's a okay wage for the amount yeah. of time that they do. But once again, it's not keeping up with the growth of, of what's happening. Yeah. Um, you know, that was, a, that was a fair wage five years ago. 
when that was negotiated, or that's what the agreement had. But. Now there's been this massive Apple TV deal. Everyone's being broadcast across the country. There's all the stadiums are full. Expansion teams everywhere. It's like the the league is growing massively. Right, and and it's not just across the world. The Apple TV Apple TV deal is an international TV deal. Yeah, and, but these things, right? And 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 the struggle that that our folks face and our members face is that. The league is telling us, or pro is telling us, whoever, that you know this is the agreement and this is kind of the end of the road for them on negotiating. But at the same time, when you walk into some of these stadiums, you walk into the new stadiums, you walk into places that have just full crowds, and we know it's different from five years ago. Yeah. You're asking people to not believe their senses, not believe what their eyes are telling them. And that's a really hard thing for our, our membership to accept. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm a I'm an LAFC fan. That's why I'm here doing this podcast and why I love this podcast. But you know, I, you go to these games; they seem like the biggest sporting event in Los Angeles. They seem as big and profitable as your average Lakers game in terms of the fan energy, the the amount of money being spent, et cetera. And this is the top flight you know, league in America and, you know, a hundred grand or so for the top official sounds okay, but you know, it obviously hasn't grown in that way. I'm sure if you compare to to folks who are refereeing other sports, what are people making on the low end? The lowest person makes 20,000 for a 30 game season. Wow. And and that's one of the disparities that, that we have, you know, UPS drivers had their B scale that they were, they were trying to get out of their book we're trying to do the similar thing, which is to, you know, certainly to raise everyone up, but also to take particular care of our, our lower end uh, wage officials who have different duties. Those are the replay officials, of course, but the expertise that they bring and the negativity that they get if they make a mistake <laughs> needs to be all be balanced. And yeah. That's, that's what we're bargaining for. I, I've got to go on, though, to say that there are some officials who are operating on the field of play who don't have health insurance offered by the company. Really? And, you know, they, for example, right now they can buy in to the company health plan, but at 100% of the premium. And that doesn't make sense so much. And we're looking to figure out new ways to solve this, right? We really are. And what we had on the table before with the company, you know, the membership seemed to think that that wasn't good enough. And they resoundingly said so. And now we're going to rejoin the company at the table uh, on the 28th of February. So, I mean, let's talk about the negativity a little bit, because obviously in any sporting event, the the referee or the umpire in baseball is the fan's favorite person to hate and to feel negatively towards. It's a very, outside of perhaps the, the other team, it, it's a natural position to receive fan ire. And so, you know, you've seen... I think kind of shamefully some MLS, MLS fans say, oh, the refs suck anyway, so who, who cares, right? Which I think is a pretty ignorant point of view. But I, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, you know, the importance of these referees to the to the game and, and you know, to, to what fans love so much about it. So, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you asked that because that's, that's really the thrust of, of where we're coming from, which is we have a staff of highly trained, extremely motivated 100 group of, of, of officials, right? And these people, they study the rules. They study game tape going into their game. They prepare and they get ready for whatever might come out on the field to play that day. And refereeing in MLS is a really unique league 
And some of the things that make MLS really cool are that you've got players from all over the world. Yeah. That thing is a melting pot on the field to play. And, you know, that makes it very exciting in a lot of ways, but it also means you have to prepare in a lot of different ways that are different. And the things that the fans might notice about, or I'm sorry, the things the fans might not notice that we do is the way we get the ball back and play faster. The way that we avoid confrontations when it's necessary to avoid a confrontation and get the ball back and play faster. The way we manage the players so that they don't disagree with one another. Hmm. And the way that we allow some contact to let go and let the play continue as opposed to whistling all the time. And these are the kind of soft skills and the kind of things that experience that, that we've been trained to do and that we do to um, make these matches as enjoyable as possible. Yeah. And it really strikes me that good refereeing or refereeing at all is such an essential part of the game. You notice so immediately when, you know, the refereeing is not up to snuff and it's, you know, for a league that is trying to increase its stature in the world compared to all the other leagues that exist for them to, decide to voluntarily reduce the standard of refereeing by locking you out and take bringing on less experienced, less highly trained referees who are willing to work as scabs, quite frankly, in order to save a couple bucks to reduce the quality of play by reducing the quality of refereeing. That's shocking to me. And, you know, one of the things that I love about when I first went to LAFC games, I felt, my God, this is such a good sports product. I'm having such a good time in the stadium. It's so well built. You know, the 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 uniforms look great. The music they play is awesome. The culture is good. They did such a good job of creating a fun experience. And this is such a shocking opposite move from the league to say, you know what? Let's make the league worse just to save a couple bucks. That's what I expect out of baseball, quite frankly. I haven't expected that quite so much out of MLS. I'm curious wh- what your feeling about it is, if you have that same level of shock, that they'd cut off their nose to spite their face. Yeah, we unfortunately, we that's what we felt in 2014 when this happened as well. Mm. And we perceive it very much the same way that you do. And the company might think our proposals are unreasonable, that they grow too fast over time, and these different kinds of points. But when you look at the growth of the league, we we very much disagree that our proposals are eminently reasonable and keep up with the growth of what's going on in a in a fixed way, right? It's not a runaway train, but rather one that you know grows in a measured way. So we're disappointed, of course. We're very disappointed. It's hard to see the work that you do and the work that you love being done by someone else. Yeah. Something I experienced in 2014, and I, I know what my, my membership and my colleagues are feeling today, is, is really terrible that it's come to this. And what are your proposals? You say you have, you know, they're reasonable, they're, you have folks working without health insurance or without health insurance from the company. So what are you actually asking for in this contract? Sure. So, you know, I think a couple of the key, the key points over there is that we're looking to in, improve the amount of let me put it this way, the percentage of money that our folks earn that's guaranteed as opposed to variable. And by that, I mean, you know, if folks are earning a a fee for every game that they play or every game that they referee, if you get hurt, that income isn't coming anymore. Right. And in that way, it's an injury protection, right? And there's other protections built into it too. But interestingly enough, when you think about the players' negotiations from the last two times around, this was a key issue of the players' negotiations, Right. right. 
Then if you think, well, we have travel proposals that we need to look at over here so that the officials have the, what we view as the right amount of flexibility in how they travel. Because if you think about it, every weekend or every match day in MLS, there are about 80 officials crossing the United States and Canada, going yeah. everywhere you, you might not even think of, right? And we have, if you think about it, we have folks going all the way from Quebec City to Los Angeles, Miami to Vancouver wow. every weekend. And, you know, the, the flexibility in the way they travel is critical, right? The way that they recover after matches by flying on a, on a proper airline seat when they recover after matches. Because remember, they might have just run six, seven, eight miles. Right. In, in Kansas City in 110 degree weather. Right. Flying properly home is where the recovery begins. And those, those different things. And, you know, we have different ideas about how to handle it none of them being palatable to to the company yet. And so this is just travel, uh, making sure that the, the travel is not onerous and that they're able to recover on travel. This is a very basic thing that sports unions, players unions ask for. I remember the WNBA had a, this was a big sticking point in their players association in their last negotiation, because if you imagine you're playing a game for hours on end, and then you've got a three connection flight or something like that, that, that really is making it hard for you to do your job. Talk a little bit more about the physical toll it takes on the referees, because I mean, th these folks, uh, and you've refereed yourself for many years, you're running far more than probably any other referee working in sports. What are the kind of injuries that folks doing this job can suffer? Sure. There are, there are too many of them to, to really get into, but so let's just take the referees, for example, in the center of the field of play, might be doing six, seven, eight miles of running forwards, backwards, sideways, some walking and some real sprinting 30, 35 times a season. And right, folks have injuries of, of runners, right? They have injuries of, you know, hip injuries, back injuries. Thankfully, we've never had, you know, something so severe as an Achilles injury recently, but it happens. Yeah. Assistant referees on the side are doing a lot of lateral movement, right? Similar to the way hockey linesmen operate. And hip injuries are common with those folks. And, and don't get me wrong, when workers comp will cover these people if they're injured in the in the course of their duties, right? But for preventive care is what we're talking about. For mm -hmm. other types of care that's not related to the field of play is very concerning over there. But, you know, I, I remember my... One of my seasons that I was in, I think maybe 10 years ago, let's say, where I had worked 42 matches that season. And this is in line with what the players are doing now. Some of the players are even doing more matches. And it's a big thing on your body over the course of, over course of that season. And yeah. then you get maybe six weeks of rest, and then you do it all over again. So it's not just the length of the season, number of matches, but also the duration of the offseason that makes this a year-round hard job to do yeah uh, add it and add to that the travel which i know in my job as a stand-up comedian that amount of travel is itself extremely physically taxing and you're away from home for so long it's it's a difficult way to live i, I can't imagine if i was flying you know a, a, to a different city every weekend as i currently do and also running that many miles and doing that amount of a physical activity, getting immediately on a plane again, going somewhere else. You're describing a really grueling job that, you know, people should be paid adequately for and have the health protections, the basic health protections that you're talking about. 
Yeah, that, that's the way we see it, certainly. And and look, the players, to their credit, had negotiated improved travel benefits in their last contract. And then over time, and after the pandemic was winding down over there, is that the players went on charter aircraft exclusively. We're not asking our people to fly on private jets. We're not asking for first class on every single ticket. What we are asking for is that our growth in the way we travel keeps up with the players' growth in the way they travel. Yes. They can do more matches. The quality of play that the players have when they fly on a chartered plane is much better than what they fly on commercial because they did use to fly commercial until not too long ago. Wow. And that's the type of growth that we're looking to keep up with. And you mentioned the WNBA earlier. They're they're doing the same exercise with their players about which flights would go for charter and which ones not. And every growing league has these considerations. We just ask to keep up with the growth. Yeah. And it, it strikes me that you're asking for very similar things to what, and just to use my own experience, Hollywood writers and actors were asking for the folks doing the middle class job that, you know, the, the industry needs to function. It's basic quality of life stuff. It's, I need to be paid for my work. I need to be working in conditions that aren't excessively onerous. I need to be able to make health insurance. It, it's those basics that the industry needs. And you're saying, hey, help us help you by giving us the basic needs we need to make this a great league. That's the goal. That's the goal. There have been tremendous strides in professional refereeing over the last 10, 15 years. I mean, Mm. there really have been, right? When I came in the league in 07, there were four full-time officials. Now there are about 30 and, and, and growing. And everybody else is working on a, on a part-time basis. Sure. Some folks, if you live in a place where it's not too expensive to live, maybe you can be in that middle tier, but that's your only job as refereeing. And that's new ground that we haven't been on before. But once again, we view that it should be more people. Yeah. Right. And, and that you don't have to balance your, your day job for some of our folks, your accounting job, your, you know, work as a, as a chemist or, or something like that or uh, we have lots of school teachers too. Balancing that against refereeing becomes easier if you have a better wage, more flexibility. Yeah, and so so for fans who are watching or fans who are listening to this or paying attention to this at all, you know, they might consider that if you want better refereeing, a good way to get it would be to make sure that the people doing the refereeing aren't having to substitute teach or drive Uber or work as a chemist or whatever it is in between matches. If they can do it full time, then that increases the level of professionalism and it makes the league better. So the the fans should really have your backs. I, I'm I just like to ask the folks who we are currently seeing on the field. I think it's been very apparent to anybody watching the opening weekend that you know the the standard has gone down. I just if you could talk a little bit about what the league loses by locking out you know the, your professional workforce in favor of a scab workforce. Well, yeah, and. You know, I, I really don't want to comment on, on the quality of the refereeing on the last couple of days because, you know, our, our referees, too, don't, don't like to be criticized in, in that type of way. And sure. I, I wouldn't do it here. That's, that's certainly not my place. But I, but I would say is when the stats come out for the amount of time ball in play, mm. compare that to opening weekend of last season. When the stats come out on the number of fouls, on some of the other metrics that you might be able to easily look at 
a comparison is certainly necessary. And also the enjoyment of the, of the matches. We, as a staff, we have a safety net of video review. It's, it's true. It's, it's an awesome safety net video review. We don't use it too often, maybe once every two matches or something like that. Mm-hmm. Review where a, a decision has changed. And you can look up the metrics from this past weekend and see where that's going. But once again, the time the ball is in play is a big story. And we do it the best out of anybody in North America. We do that job the best. And that's what makes the game exciting is when the ball is in play and the players can show what they've got. That's I didn't even realize that you, that was something that you were managing that, you know, in addition to, you know, the, the cards and the fouls and all of that, that you are trying to keep the pace of the game enjoyable. That's a really important job. It's what, I mean, look, when I, when I started to referee, a very wise referee once told me, he said, if the ball is in play, you're safe. If the ball <laughs> is out of play, the people will argue. The people will disagree. The people will push one another. So get the ball back in play. Yeah. And whenever that tool is available to to our members when they're refereeing, that's what they do. Sometimes you've got to take care of business right now. We get it. But otherwise, if you can get that ball back in play, get that ball back in play. And that's what the fans want to see is the ball in play. Yeah. And so for all the fans who want to see that and want to support you, what are you asking of them? I haven't seen you do a call for a fan boycott or anything like that, but how can folks show their support? So a lot of fans, a lot of fans have, right? For example, the the team in Austin, they put together a very nice uh, display over the weekend with some different signs that they had really supported us in a very kind way. And we really appreciate that. Look, we, we want the fans to enjoy the matches. That is the number one thing over here. And please enjoy the matches that, and enjoy the spectacle of the matches as best you can. But during the week, please support us with calling who you can call, um, supporting us on social media if that's possible, right? Um, perhaps calling your season ticket rep holder and saying how you feel about the situation. Mm. Uh, it's an interesting thing to do, right? Um, or, or just explain to people you might meet, you know, while you're, while you're out having coffee or whatever about what's going on and similar to similar to what was happening with the with the writers and and the screen actors is that it's a it's a momentum that's gained by the workers that really can help these things to resolve that's awesome and you know i'll I'm going to be honest. My favorite thing about MLS or one of my favorite things is I love how much power fans have in this league, that the fans are organized into the supporters groups and that when the fans are displeased about something, there have been cases where they forced the league to make changes because, you know, if you don't have those supporters groups playing the drums and chanting, it is a different product on the field. And I I think that's so cool. And it's the only sport I can think of in America or North America where the fans have that kind of structural power. And so that means that fans, you know, showing up to support you guys can make a real difference. And I really appreciate you saying about emailing your season ticket representative. I'm a season ticket holder at LAFC and I'm going to leave this conversation and do that right now and just politely say, Hey, I just want to let you know I'm really disappointed by the by the stance the league is taking here, and it's making me reconsider my membership going forward. Unless we see a quick a quick resolution in support of the referees, so yeah. it was something like that. Would that be helpful? Well, look, we're not we're not looking for anyone to cancel their membership, <laughs> but you, but I can I can scare them a little bit. I can scare them just a little bit. No, 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 really. We want the fans to enjoy the matches and continue going to the matches. But when you talk to the people at the clubs, right, you can explain how you feel about the dispute. 
yes. and feel how, how, you, how you think it should be resolved, whichever way you think it should be resolved. But that type of communication and that type of people talking about the issues is what we really want, which is to say that the game has the best quality when the best officials are out there. And that's what we're asking for people to discuss. Thank you so much for that. I, I'm sure so many of the people listening are going to do exactly that. And I won't keep you because I know you have to prepare to get back into negotiations. And I just want to let you know, all of us here, at least uh, everyone on Happy Foot, Sad Foot, and, and I'm sure almost all the people listening are are completely behind you guys and, and rooting for you to uh, get the kind of result that your members deserve so that the game can be great. Well, thank you so much. It was great to be here. Thank you so much to Adam and Peter for maybe the coolest segment we've had on our show. Adam, thank you so much uh, for doing that while I've been away from the show. It means a lot. And, and I, I'm happy to entrust you with something so cool because I know you know so much about it. If you like Adam Conover, or that's your first time ever hearing Adam Conover and you want more, you have to check out his podcast Factually. Maybe the best podcast out right now. Some conversations that are like with philosophers and activists and actors. They, it really runs the gamut. Scientists, academics, and they have hour-long conversations about things and questions that you didn't know you want to know, but you really wanted to know. So go subscribe to Factually by Adam Conover. You could also follow him on Twitter or subscribe to his YouTube at Adam Conover on Twitter and at the Adam Conover on YouTube. If you want to know how to support the Pro Soccer Referee Association, their socials, and links are in the description here as well. But you can follow them on Twitter at PSRA Officials. Again, thank you to Adam and thank you to Peter for that incredible conversation. And um, fuck the scab refs. I hate them and I want them to be gone. MLS Pro, put the refs that we know and love back on TV so we can be mad at them for a reason that we want to be mad at them and not for them fighting for economic stability, something that they deserve. Okay. I love you all. I'll see you all soon. This was way longer than I wanted it to be, but I haven't done this in a while. I'm, I'm, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> I wasn't prepared at all. So I'm just, I just went to the gym. If you're watching on YouTube, can you tell my hair is all a little fucked up? I miss you all, Darren, Vince. Thank you so much. And I'll see you all soon when we come back. Bet it and forget it. And we're back. Now it's time for a segment called Bet It and Forget It. Bet it and forget it. Do you imagine Do you imagine what the AI lady looks like that says bet it and forget it when she talks? Or is that just me? Sometimes, yeah. She's wearing glasses. She's very tired. And she's like, you know, kind of Ge- like squinting. Yeah. General vibe that Picture I have her. is that is the original woman that did Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Like glasses, shorter hair, kind of older. Was that? Oh, or, the British version? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I can, I can, I can get down with that. That makes sense. I like that. Should, should we do our bet? <laughs> should we do our bets? Yeah. Every week we end the show with a bet for this week's game. We make an outlandish prediction, something that almost definitely will not happen, but could. Each week, Travis and I put up $5. If no one hits, the money rolls over to the next week. And eventually, by the time someone's weird prediction comes true, they might win a good chunk of change. With Travis absent, Vince steps in to make a bet that I believe you will both split the winnings for. But Travis mm-hmm. will front the money. Is that what mm-hmm. we decided? Absolutely. Uh, last week, of course, both of our bets did not cash. Neither of our bets cashed last week. Not for so lack of trying pool. from Denny Bowanga. He he tried. He Denny, tried very I hard. I mean, we both came pretty close, actually. Denny Bowanga was shooting all over the fucking place. And yeah. Hugo Lloris 
also came pretty close to an assist. Yeah, I, I, I mean, look, a Denny Bonga hat trick is going to happen at some point in the season. But I, if I were you, I would bring back a Hugo Lloris assist at some point because it's going to happen. I'm going to claim the bet if I if I can. I don't know if that's allowed, but I would love to claim the bet and you know have license to bring it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say this: I'll, sure, we might need a rule around, but only that. because I'm not putting up any money, so I don't care. Sure. Yeah. That well, now it's this is what we do. We take advantage of the time where Travis is gone. Well, do you have a bet for this week's match? I do, and I'm going to try to. I'm going to, as I try to do when Travis isn't here. I try to channel him a little bit in something I think he would do. Obviously, he loves Denny Bwanga, loves that Denny Bwanga loves goals, that he's addicted to goals. So that's why I went hat trick. I'm going to go a little bit different way here. <laughs> Travis seems to love different people being at matches and them being shown on TV on the match, like okay. Leo DiCaprio or. Uh, okay. I remember one mm-hmm. time he he thought that like different basketball players were going to be there. I remember those. And then yeah, I think I think bets. the bet even trans- traversed into the basketball player going like on the field, and, and that's we were true. Like, yep. Whoa! I mean, maybe just the guy being there is good enough. Yeah. Uh, so I have zero pre knowledge of this, so please do not read into this, people. But my bet is okay. this: Carlos Vela will be at the match, and he will be shown on TV Whoa. at some point. Whoa! Now, again, I want to. I want to just really stress that I have no. I'm not alluding to him signing soon. I know nothing, and I would even say I would even go so far as this is a stupid bet because if even if Carlos was signing for the team, there's not a chance in hell he's going to a game just because that's just not his style. But that's my bet. Carlos okay. is there at like the game, it. and they show oh, him Carlos in the suite Villa at some point. Appearance. Maybe he's hanging out with Will Ferrell. Maybe Will Ferrell decided to do some skiing. Sure, uh, yeah, and that's how that happened. See it? I like that. I like that, but a lot. Okay. Here's my bet. One thing I didn't mention at the top is I think we've got a Bredos banger on our hands. This is a Max Bredos match. Is it not? Ooh. I think he's calling okay. this one. So my bet is we will get a full sentence from Max Bredos in Spanish at some point during the English broadcast. Mm, okay. This is going to be... I feel like a, you know, a, a phrase here or there might not be outlandish enough. Sure, sure. Like he has to go. So a full sentence, like, like uh, subject, verb, object, <laughs> like that type. Like back in the day when you had to diagram. Like we're talking about something sure, like that. Yeah. Is that how we're gonna kind of yeah. like? I feel like it's a you know when you see it kind of thing, right? Like sure, sure. But I'm just trying to put. I'm just trying yeah. to lay a little bit of the groundwork of what we think it it would be. Yeah, I don't think we. If you can classify it as like a term, then that's not enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. If it's like a, a phrase, soccer. A soccer yeah. phrase or yeah, it's got to be like you know a statement. Okay, yeah, we'll know. Yeah. We'll definitely know it. But I'm like I said, I'm just we'll laying a little bit of the groundwork for anyone that's listening. It's like that's like what we're just <laughs> we're just putting it out there. <laughs> also, Hugo Lloris will uh, will have an assist. Yeah, that's that's just a your rolling bet. Yeah, that's a rolling. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. That's our show. I'm much more comfortable uh, about your bet than mine. <laughs> People are going to be a lot happier. People are going to be a lot happier if mine hits than if your bet does. Thank you again to Adam Conover and Peter Manikowski for that fantastic interview. Thank you to Travis for gracing us with your presence. We'll see a lot more of you very soon. Our theme music is done by the insane team of James Valentine, Nate Walcott, and Louis Palmer. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel where all episodes and clips are available in video form at youtube.com slash at happyfootsadfoot. 
You can review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, if you make it this far in the episode, chances are you're enjoying the show. And if that's true and you want to show your support, please consider becoming a friend of the foot at $5 a month at patreon.com slash happyfootsadfoot or pick up some half sappho inspired merch by going to happyfootsadfootpod.com. I'm wearing some now. Any support really goes a long way to keeping the show growing and the community growing. Thanks again. We'll see you in Salt Lake, baby. I love you. Bye. I love you. Bye. Bye. I love you. See you later. Okay. Bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 